Welcome one, welcome all. We are broadcasting live. If you're watching on the Bud Light live stream, we are uh, down here in Franklin, Wisconsin, and it's the Lux Golf Bays in Franklin, part of the Rock ROC complex, uh, the Rock complex down here off of 76th Street and Rawson. And man, what a what a facility this place is, and it is now open. Uh, the official grand opening is tomorrow, but it's now open, and uh, it is three levels of golfing fun in many different ways. So uh, really, really good stuff. Uh, it's time. It's I'm so happy to get him back, and I'm so happy that it's that time of year because I get to talk to him over and over again. But our buddy Paul Charchian is on the line. Charch, how you doing, pal? I'm doing great, Bill. Good to talk to you again. And it's uh, for the first time ever, you and I are in the same fantasy league. This is really fun. I am um, giddy. Uh, I have got my queue filled with players. I was kind of going through my roster so far with Joe Burrow, Adam Thielen, and Debo Samuel to this point. The draft mm. still continues, so I'm, I'm excited, and it's the first time I've had my own fantasy team in over 20 years. Oh, my God. Wow. Holy cow. The, the game's very different yeah. now <laughs> than it was 20 years right. ago, and you are you are in for a treat. And I, I like your draft so far because people tend to feel compelled to take running backs and they always go earlier than they should. And you've been able to make three good selections of very safe, productive players. And in a guillotine lead, you're just looking for safety. You just don't want to finish last in any given week. And Joe Burrow, Adam Thielen, Debo Samuel are guys that fill box scores every week. So let's talk first and foremost about the Guillotine League because uh, most people know different fantasy uh, you know, websites, but the Guillotine League is a little different. It's a twist on fantasy, so explain to people exactly what it is that may not be familiar. Yeah, it's, uh, it is a new twist, and it's great for people who have been playing the same way for a long time, Bill. The, the idea is you start with 18 teams because there's 18, teams in, or 18 weeks in the season. And there's no head-to-head. Instead, every week, the low-scoring team for that week gets chopped from the league forever, and their players go to the waiver wire where the rest of us feast on a whole draft's worth of players. So in you know, a traditional <laughs> fantasy league, the waiver wire is like, oh, I'll try this backup running back because the starters got a pinched nerve, and you know maybe that'll pay off. But in here, it's a totally different scenario. At the end of any given week, here comes a whole draft of players. So it might be like Najee Harris and Tyreek Hill and Kyler Murray and Nick Chubb and DK Metcalf. I mean, and you're like, wow. And pretty soon you start piling together an amazing team. And that's uh, and all you have to do is not finish last. So it's a new mentality. It's a new way to play and uh, super fun. I can't wait for you to experience it firsthand. So let's start, Paul, with some of the uh, some of the bets. For the the news comes out about Deshaun Watson today, and not many people yeah. taking him in a fantasy league. But you know, uh, you can't help but think that somewhere down the road, there's going to be some kind of a value there. Correct, or am I incorrect in that thinking? I don't like him. I don't like not, well. Okay, I don't like him. But that, you know, beyond that, right? Here's, right. Here's the thing. So the thing's going to play out. At the earliest he can come back is week thirteen. And for much of the next, if I've got this straight, they've changed it. For most of his uh, suspension, he will not be able to be with the team. So he's going to come back with a certain amount of rustiness when he does come back. And then he won't have played for the better part of two years. So does he walk in and immediately be great? I mean, I, I just, it seems unlikely. And granted, he was, last time we saw him, he was a freakish athlete. He could run around and, you know, do some special stuff. And maybe that'll be there, but... 
I don't am I am I really going to trust him? So at this stage, it's early December. I'm heading into the playoffs. I, am I really going to trust him to put it all together for my playoff run when I probably got a quarterback that got me into position for the playoffs? I don't think so. So I'm off him. I'm just I, I, there's not there's not scenarios here where I want him. So I I just think there's too many things that all have to come together in a short window for me to want Deshaun Watson this year. So let's start with a couple of guys that I have questions about. You look at a guy like DK Metcalf and the wide receiving court out in Seattle. You don't have Russell Wilson anymore. We know the talent of the receivers, but without the guy throwing them the football, how good are they really going to be? How do you really determine whether or not it's them or it's the quarterback or they have to have the combination to be that good as they've been in the past? Well, here's the one saving grace on DK Metcalf. And obviously Russell Wilson to Geno Smith is a pretty massive change, but Geno Smith last year played in three and a half games where Russell Wilson had a thumb injury for a bunch, you know, for three and a half games. And Geno Smith filled in. All he did was throw to DK Metcalf. In those in those three and a half games, DK Metcalf was a top ten fantasy receiver in three of the four weeks. He was actually at a higher per game average in fantasy points under Geno Smith than he did in Russell Wilson. So I feel like it's pretty safe to go back to DK Metcalf. You know, Seattle is largely rebuilding their whole roster. They're going to be behind a lot. They're going to throw a fair amount. Um, and I, I'm actually, I'm pretty high in DK Metcalf, who is slumped all the way down in average draft position to the fourth round. He was a guy that last year was going in the second round. So I, I think there's value there. And I think Geno Smith can get him the ball. Uh, let's talk about a guy like Cortland Sutton uh, out of Denver. Mm-hmm. And now, I I get a feeling that his numbers are going to go up, and that with with Russell. Now I know Russell Wilson. They've done a lot of checkdowns. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett with a new uh, you know head coach and offensive coordinator. They're trying to kind of reteach him from scrambling around, trying to make things happen to just take what's given. So do you look at a guy like Cortland Sutton as one of those sleepers to say, look, this guy's going to get some additional productivity? Yeah, you know, we've been waiting for Sutton and Judy, who both signed enormous deals last year, despite the fact that neither one of them has really put together great seasons in the past. And we've always looked at the quarterbacking they've had and felt like Judy and Sutton just have been victims of the quarterbacking. And they probably have. They're both really, really talented. Judy's skill set is way more like Devontae Adams with the footwork and the separation. Cortland Sutton is more of your big-bodied, sideline, contested catch guy. And he, it feels like to me, if, you know, if there's a Nathaniel Hackett carryover here, it might be a little bit more for Judy. They're going up the board almost the exact same spot, Judy and Sutton. And so I think it depends on a little bit what you're looking for. I think Sutton is a better touchdown guy, bigger body guy. Judy, though, feels like somebody could be sitting on a lot of catches, a lot of catches. He could be a chain mover and could be special that way. I like, um, you know, so I think it depends a little bit on what you're looking for. Safe play might be Judy. The upside play might be Cortland Sutton. I uh, got an email here, and this is from Chris, obviously a Green Bay Packers fan. He says, but I take Aaron Rodgers usually every year. Should I be taking him again this year with the uncertainty at wide receiver? Great question. So I, you know, I say yes, and I've got him as my number eight ranked uh, wide uh, quarterback this year, and that's about where he's going off the board. Sorry, I've got him at season six. I have another six-ranked quarterback. Um, he's, uh, I, I just don't see how he falls out of 32 ish touchdowns. And I know you look at the receivers and it's, you go, all right, well, how do I get to 32 on this set of receivers? And it's not easy, but you just feel like 
one way or another, Aaron Rodgers is going to cobble together a pretty damn good season, and you may not know which wide receiver it's going to be, with who the tight end is going to be, who the player is going to be week to week, but you figure at the end of the day, he's just too good, and the receivers are good enough. Maybe Romeo Dobbs is a real thing. I mean, you know, maybe this is all, maybe this is totally legit preseason hype, and and that's going to be a guy that helps unlock the 32-ish touchdowns that we want to get from Aaron Rodgers to justify that kind of ranking. How do you, I mean, more importantly, you tell me how you feel. You're, you're, you're as close to this as anybody. Tell me if you feel like that's overly optimistic by being Pollyanna-ish with Aaron Rodgers. No, I think that uh, I, when people keep thinking that they're going to, in some way, shape, or form, um, not be able to score the way they, they did last mm-hmm. year, I think they're going to score just fine. I think they're going to move the football. I don't think you're going to be seeing him throwing, you know, as he – Where Paul, where you and I – we were talking about this the other day. Where I think they're going to suffer is in two-minute drill, is if a game is really tight down the stretch and you run the two-minute drill – the confidence in being able to throw the ball consistently to Devontae Adams is not going to be there. And the Devontae Adams, to where he didn't get the ball because he was sucking up a double team or even a triple team at times where they're floating safeties and floating an extra corner over to leave somebody yeah. else like an Alan Lazard open, that's not going to happen. So to me, mm-hmm. where they're going to suffer is not necessarily – you know, in the first, you know, in the full 60 minutes, it's going to be, to me, in the 58 minutes, they're going to be okay. In the two minutes, they're going to suffer. Mm. That's, to me, where the, the Packers may suffer a little bit. Yeah, great point. And that's, you know, in wins and losses, that matters a lot. In fantasy, that's not as important. We, you know, we we want, we care a lot more about the 58 minutes, you know, and, and Aaron Rodgers has been so good at stealing games that I can see where, I can see the two-minute drill, you know, the two minutes does really matter. It's a great point. Um, I think for fantasy use, he still remains uh, he remains very safe. Um, yeah, doesn't have the you know I I, I wish we uh, could roll back the clock for a few years to get back to his rushing upside that he used to have. So hey, tell me this. So while we're talking right. Packers, you know this week there's stories come out that there could be an even distribution of receptions for the running backs between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. You buying it? Um, I think they're going to use them more out of the backfield. I, I, what I have seen and what we've read about is they're running a lot of sets where both guys are on the field, and then they'll roll one guy out, whether it's Dylan or Jones, to the opposite side, and then they're going to put mm-hmm. them out as a pass receiver and such. I think they're going to do a lot of different things. And, and to me, it's it's five games. You're going to go for the first five games running a lot of different stuff until you figure out what's going to settle in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, do you think they go? They, they are, you, are you suggesting they could go hot hand some games? I think. Yeah, I think they're just going to go with whoever's got a better matchup, whoever's got an opportunity, and and you know whoever because that's what Aaron Rodgers always looks for. He looks for the guy he trusts and the matchup he wants. And mm-hmm. that's where he tends to go. And when you look at AJ Dillon, uh, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. And maybe even Sammy Watkins is a veteran to a certain extent. Those are the guys he's going to be looking for first. And then after that, it's who's probably got that most trust or a matchup. And that's where he's going to go. I don't think they're going to suffer moving the football. I think they're going to suffer maybe scoring a few points and and maybe the downfield passing, the explosive plays, unless guys just, you know, he trusts them enough to say, here, get yards after the catch and go. I, I think the explosive plays will maybe diminish a little bit. But for the most part, I don't think they're going to struggle moving the football. Uh, I did have yeah. a question for you, and this is this is from uh, Jason. Jason says, 
Uh, I'm thinking about George Kittle at my tight end position, but with the uncertainty of quarterback right now, do you think I should take him? Tell me about uh, George Kittle in the tight end position. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get good tight ends. So, you know, yes, go take George Kittle. He is as good as any any tight end in the league after the catch. Yeah, fantastic that way. On the field a lot. He does get beat up because of all the blocking. He's, he's, he's one of the few tight ends that is a both a great pass catcher and a great blocker. You know, most of the great ones that we know, you know, like your Travis Kelsey's of the world, um, are not great blockers. Kittle is, so he stays in a lot. He gets banged up that way some, but the explosive plays, and when he's healthy, totally bankable. He's my number four ranked tight end, and it's so hard to get good tight ends. So, yes, try to get out, go out of your way to go get a tight end. There's exactly and precisely nine tight ends that I can go to war uh, with, and that's, that is it. And you want to get one of those nine if you can. This one is an interesting question in which uh, it stated, uh, I hear so much about Tony. This is from uh, Mark, who says, I hear so much about Tony Pollard uh, over Zeke Elliott. Would you be wise to take Pollard at your running back rather than Zeke? No, I don't think it would be. You know, you know, for all the frustration we've had with Zeke, who played through an injury all of last year, they still won't. You know, they've established the fact that Pollard brings a lot of electricity to that offense. They do not believe he's a workhorse back. They've proven it for two straight years. When Pollard has looked really good, they're they're not changing their ways and have no reason to believe that's going to start now. And so we're going to stick with Zeke. Improved offensive line, in, which, which should be an improved offensive line for Dallas as well. So bring in Zeke. Let's get him healthy. He's still going to get two thirds of the work, and we're gonna we're gonna stick with Zeke. I, I I like Tony Pollard. I banged the drum for Tony Pollard to get more carries for two straight years, and it hasn't happened. And I'm getting him. Uh, Zach says, "Little nervous about my quarterback position. Is Joe Burrow the real deal after what we saw last year? Or is he a one-hit wonder?" That's from Zach. No, I think Joe oh, Burrow is yeah. a tremendous quarterback. I thought, yeah, yeah, for sure. Go and ahead. look at the improvements. The improvements. The offensive line. I mean, absolutely, you know, massively improved. I, I don't think I don't think there's a justification to believe that he'll be any worse. Offensive line gained Ted Karras, Alex Caput, and Lyle Collins. Pro Football Focus has has what was last year's 26th ranked offensive line as their eighth best for this upcoming season. And then you throw in the three targets, even if the three wide receivers, even if something were to happen to Chase or Higgins or Boyd, they've they got two other great targets to go to. So I'm, I'm very, very high on him and, and feel like Joe Burrow is uber safe. Love him, in, love him in, in the guillotine league format. He'd have to be a pretty sharp guy to draft him. This is uh, our last one. This is from Aaron listening to us in Manitowoc, and, and he says, uh, you helped me out a couple of times last year, Charge. Great to have you back on the air. He wants to know, what are your sleeper picks? Uh, I need some backup for my bench. Yeah, so, you know, I could go. We could do we could do an hour on this, so I'm just going to give you a couple of guys that I'm, that I'm really excited about as sleepers, none more so than Houston running back Damian Pierce. He has moved uh, – I, I loved him in, going into the draft, and I loved his landing spot in Houston where he could just walk in as the starter. Right now, he's, uh, right now he is running with the first-team offense in Houston. I know people are like, ah, oh, the Houston offense. I don't want any part of Houston's offense. You know what? They've, this offense is going to be a lot better. Davis Mills was a, was a much improved quarterback over the course of the season. I thought he played a lot better. And this is going to be a, a sneaky, competent offense. And what about Pierce? 
He's running with the first team. Marlon Mack's not a factor. Rex Burkhead's not a factor. Royce Freeman's not a factor. He's a big body guy. He's going to get goal line work. He can catch, and he's been a star at pass protection, which is one of the things that keeps rookies from starting early in their career many times. But Pierce is showing as a, as a pass blocker. Put all that together, and you can get one. You can get a you can get a starting running back for an NFL team in the eighth round right now. But his stock is going up on Damian Pierce. I really, I really like him as one as one guy to, to uh, target. And I'll give you one more. Uh, the Chargers wide receiver Josh Palmer was a rookie they took in the second round last year. He didn't do much until December, mm-hmm. and then he took off in December. Now he's getting all first-team reps. We love that passing offense the Chargers have got him. Josh Palmer is their third receiver. He's another guy I'm taking late in drafts as a sleeper that I, that I like a lot. And if he can just do what he did last December throughout a whole season, he's going to be sitting as a top 30 wide receiver. Awesome stuff. Charge, it's great to have your voice back in the airwaves with us. I look forward to talking to you weekly on the program. Great stuff, buddy, as always, okay? Thank you. Talk to you later, Bill. Bye-bye. There you go. That's Paul Charchian. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Charchian. And you also follow him via the guillotine leagues. Guillotine, G-U-I-L-L-O-T-I-N-E, guillotineleagues.com. That's guillotineleagues.com. When we come back, uh, Ritz Basaccia, the uh, special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, you're going to hear him talking. That's next in the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Pella Women's Shores of Wisconsin. Pella's got right now 2.99% APR, 10 years, 10 years they have. And uh, I recommend, uh, you know that, I've been recommending Pella Windows and Doors for a long time because I have them in my home. I use them every day. Whether it's looking out of them or relying on the fact that, one, they're very safe, very secure. They all lock. They all, with the, the doors have the toe kicks that uh, you basically have to drive a truck through the thing. So at night when you're laying your head on your pillow, you're good to go. Meanwhile, they're economical. Uh, they keep the heating costs uh, down in the wintertime and the cooling costs down in the summertime. And uh, noise factor, you know, not that I, you know, live in a very noisy neighborhood, but, you know, for the most part, it, it does shield some noise. I love the fact that there, there's the roll screen that's inside the glass. Uh, the slider windows are fantastic, and they're easy to operate. So I can't recommend them enough. It's Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. In today's day and age, society-wise, when interest rates keep going up, why not lock it in right now? For 10 years, 2.99%. 10 years, 2.99% right now for Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear from Rich Basaccia, the uh, the the um, uh, special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Also some things that Randall Cobb had to say in regards to tough love from Aaron Rodgers in regards to the rookies and the younger guys and the new guys to this team. In the meantime... For those of you that are getting ready to uh, drop off because the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be getting it on against the L.A. Dodgers, don't forget, if you uh, are going to lose the program, 
I encourage you, many of you I'm finding on almost a daily now are listening to us via the app. Uh, you can go to your app store, whether it's your Google Play, your Apple Store, whatever, and uh, download the app. One o, uh, or I shouldn't say one o, uh, W O Z N in Madison, the Zone in Madison. Download the app, and you can catch us. So that's a great way to take us around. You can always go to the website uh, the t h e bill michaels dot com, the bill michaels dot com. You can always obviously find us, uh, and, you know, on that uh, on that website. But a great way to listen to the program is on the app, uh, W-O-Z-N. I know in Milwaukee you can catch us on the iHeart app as well. Uh, so there's plenty of different ways to, to hang out and take a listen to us. So all of that uh, is going to be coming up. In the meantime, you do have the Brewers today. A uh, little different. Christian Yelich batting DH and leading off. Uh, Willie Adamas playing short, batting second. Andrew McCutcheon in left today. Batting third, Hunter Renfro, who is uh, still hitting pretty well, although the power numbers are good, but the average is down, hitting 239. He uh, is hitting fourth today in the cleanup spot. Mike Rousseau playing third base and batting fifth. Keston Hura against a lefty today, almost setting him up for failure. He is uh, batting 246, but in the 186 range when uh, he is facing a lefty. Uh, he is batting sixth today, playing first base. Colton Wong is also in the lineup today, and uh, he is um, he is over there at uh, second base, and uh, it kind of goes on from there. There you have it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy again. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Oh, by the way, Victor Caratini behind the plate, batting eighth. Tyrone Taylor batting ninth. The last two guys uh, are batting an average collectively of two twenty three. For this ball club with 20 home runs between them. Uh, and Christian Yelich leading off, batting 259 home runs. And uh, he has, although he has hit the ball hard in the last two games, uh, over the last two weeks, uh, it has been almost abysmal. So there you go. Uh, you've got Turner, Freeman, Smith, Muncie, Turner, Justin Turner over at third base, batting fifth. Lux, Gallo, Taylor, and Cody Bellinger back in the lineup. And you talk about two guys that have fallen off. Christian Yelich uh, is batting 250 with nine home runs. At least Cody Bellinger's over 16 home runs on the season. 16 home runs, 50 RBIs, but only batting 206. Two guys that have just completely fallen off. At least Bellinger still has the power numbers and still hitting with somewhat a modicum of power, where Christian Yelich has just completely fallen off. Completely fallen off. So there you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Although today with Corbin Burns on the hill, Cody Bellinger is hitting 333 against him. Freddie Freeman the same. Um, Justin Turner hitting 500 against him, but he's only had four at-bats. So it's not like it's a massive, uh, massive undertaking. And Andrew Haney on the hill today for the Dodgers with that 116 ERA, uh, but Willie Adamas has faced him eight times, now hitting 375 with a dinger and a couple of RBI. So not a bad way to go, but uh, very few of the other Brewers have actually faced him. So there you have it. That's the way things line up as uh, American Family Field plays host to the finale between the Dodgers and the Brewers today. When we come back, Ritz Basaccia. Uh, Basaccia, he is the uh, special teams coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. You're going to hear from him. You're also going to hear uh, from... Uh, Randall Cobb, some of the things that he had to say as well. So that is also coming up. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. They are the party place to be 
during the hometown rally. Oh, my goodness, rolling Milwaukee is going to get underway, and that is Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. No other place to go. The biggest, baddest, best dealership, not only in Milwaukee, but in the state of Wisconsin. They have got 23 bands over a three-day period. North Stage, South Stage, they've got parties, they've got vendors. Uh, Sound Art USA, from what we talked about out in Sturgis, is coming to Milwaukee. They're going to be in the showroom out of Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. you got to go check this stuff out, not to mention all the food, all the beer, all the vendors, all the drinks, everything else that goes along with it. It's going to be a great time coming up on Labor Day weekend, and that is, again, the hometown rally gets underway, and there's no better place to be than Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. For the entire lineup, all you got to do is go to WISHD.com. Check out not only the bikes that they have, but they have great apparel, the service is second to none, and the parts department, huge. And if they don't have it, they're going to get it for you in as quick a period of time as you can possibly get. So you're good to go there. That is our friends at WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. Dot com Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, right off of Highway 67. You can't miss it. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. Special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, Ritz Passaccia, coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Broadcasting live down here at uh, the Lux Golf Bays. We're here, at, which just opened. So if you're going, what the hell is that? It's the Lux Golf Golf Bays here in uh, in Franklin, Wisconsin, that just opened. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right, providing Wisconsin home and business owners epoxy flooring coating services and uh, polyurea coating services. At great prices, top quality workmanship, colors, finishes, even painting your room full free. They can do that as well. Located from in Wisconsin, from Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison and everywhere in between. Get a hold of my buddy Sean and the gang, epoxyflooringdoneright.com, or call them 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852. There you go. That's uh, our good friend Sean over there at epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Uh, Rich Basaccia, the special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, at the podium. Let's take a listen. Uh, Jason told me it's been required in the league, and um, what I said to him is that make them request me. He said he would look like a fool if he did that. So um, because of my love and affection for Jason Wallers, I, uh, I'm here to take any questions you may have for a very brief time. Why did you want to come here? It's just... Not my role right now. It's time of the year. Getting ready to try to play another preseason game. Rich, you've um, turned around a lot of special teams units that you've taken over over the years. Since you're taking part of your time away from doing that right now to talk to us, can you tell us how that process is going and, and maybe how it compares to the other turnarounds you've engineered? I, you know, I think the process has been, um, been going well. Uh, it's moving in the right direction. Um, there's a lot of collaborative effort going into the players that we've brought in and the players that we're coaching and the, um, the direction that we're trying to go for different preseason games from practice to individual drills to group drills. And so I think we're a work in progress and um, we'll just hope to keep seeing improvement as we go along. Rich, how these last two days of practice help you with your guys on teams and going against a guy like Darren tomorrow night will help? Um, going against who? Is it, is it from the, 
Saints coordinator? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're not going against each other. We don't play. But um, the, the Saints have a tremendous unit. I think they were a top five, top seven unit a year ago. They've got some really good players. Uh, I thought the practice went really well. It was physical. Um, there was a lot of detail work that got done, especially on the second day. Um, I think we did. Uh, we were very deliberate in the drills that we were trying to do. Probably both of us, perspective-wise, we're trying to see body position and hand position and um, ability to finish type things. We worked hard on the flyers on the outside. So going against a good group like that in a practice where a lot of the um, the guys can get that kind of physical work up close was good for us. And now we'll see how we progress into the game. Rich, um, how much help has Keyshawn Nixon, Rico Gapper? Um, Don Lovett, guys who played for you, been able to help you in, in establishing what these guys want? Yeah, I think they've, and along with Byron Storer and Michael Spurlock, you know, those guys have all been in the system before. So Mike has played in it, Byron's played in it, and now to get a chance to get some other players that have been a part of our system, um, how we like to meet, how we like to finish things, the body position we like to be in, uh, my personality a little bit, to explain that uh, to them maybe when I seem to have an out-of-body experience that they can kind of um, they do a good job of bringing the player back uh, in our in our room. So I think it's been good for us. Rich, we've heard the term "we fence" for the first time a lot recently. Um, how long have you been using that term, and where did you create it? Or pick I, up? I don't know if I created it. I'm sure I stole it from somewhere. You know, I'm I'm probably much better um, at stealing things than I am inventing things. But it, it's it's just been something that. Um, there, there was a point in college where there wasn't a lot of attention paid to special teams, and I was fortunate to be with a college coach that thought it should be an emphasis, that one coach, like offense and defense, should be in charge of coming up with the game plan and use the other coaches to, to coach the players. Um, so when that started to happen, we started to look at the punt team, and you have, like I talked about before, a linebacker next to a tight end, next to a running back, a receiver on one side. It just became, I don't know, something that we could all do together. Right? It wasn't just guys that played on offense or just guys that played on defense. It was something we could all do together to um, help our team win. And it's just kind of grown from that. Now, Coach LaFleur has done a great job of, of making it a part of our vernacular around here. I think we're appreciative of that. So that's kind of how it started. Who was that college coach? Uh, I'd say Sparky Woods at South Carolina. Rich, how does Mason look kind of as he gets close, closer to returning? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the timeline. I know he's improved every day, and he's, he's done a good job with our with Flea and those guys. And so we're just kind of waiting on on Flea and him, and and uh, what his progress is as we get going. So I know he's doing well. What do you thought of Jack Coco's um, kind of steady progress that he's made for him? Yeah, I think he's been on a little bit of a roller coaster, but um, we're excited about where he is at this particular point. This will be another big game for him. Practices were a big deal. I think he understands that he's competing against 31 other teams. You know, just because there's not another one here doesn't mean we're not looking at everybody around the league or guys that may not be playing now. So I think he knows he's in constant competition. Rich, what did you guys see from him, though? Because I know there's such a small sample size from college. What did you like about him that you thought that he could potentially be a... Well, we liked his physical size. We liked that he was a position player in college, and he had tremendous work ethic from what we had seen um, on tape and people that we had talked to. And I think, again, he's just done a good job with his body and his feet and getting himself in position to compete at the, play, at the position. Was, was it a lot of work for him? So like he, I mean, he hadn't done punt snapping in a game since high school. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, we, we've had him before. You know, again, if a guy puts his mind to something and um, works diligently at it, you'd like to think if they have enough aptitude uh, that they can get better at it, and I think he's done that. 
You're aware of the season that Amari Rogers had returning punts last year. What's the process in building him back and getting him to work? Well, again, I just think he's part of the process. You know, I think he's done a good job of learning how to, we, we expect him to finish in practice. And, and um, so consequently, he had a, a good return in the game. I think he did a good job setting it up. I think there were some really good blocks on that particular play. But I think he's in competition as well with all the other guys that we have, along with other players around the league. Biggest growth you've seen from where your special teams unit was at the beginning of camp to where you guys are now. I know there's still ways to go, but what's the biggest growth that you've seen so far this camp? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I think we're, we're we're trying to learn how to finish. I think is a big thing for us. I think we're trying to figure out what the exact body position should look like and then how to finish each one of those particular plays. What body position to be in in the beginning? What body position to be in at the end? I'd like to see our roll call to the ball at the end of each play, get a little bit better as we go along. Hey, Rich, uh, Pat was telling us the other day uh, that he likes the fact that in your system he can just kick away often. Uh, not, I mean, I'm sure there's some directional, but it's not all directional. Um, what, is, what is your thinking on when you want to be directional and when you just want to let him kick away? Yeah, I just think we'll kind of keep that to us. But um, good question. Hopefully Pat doesn't give you too much information. I'll have to talk to him. He just had a baby. He shouldn't be talking. He should just... Get his work done and go home. You know. This was a couple of weeks ago. We had a chance. Yeah, see, before the baby. Right. Now he's not talking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now he's had the baby. Rich, uh, Rich, a guy that you had last year with Oakland, had a lot of intensity during the joint practice this week with Rasul. How have you seen him kind of channel that intensity that he shows in practice? Oh, I'm sorry. Who are we talking about? Uh, Rasul Douglas. Oh yeah, yeah. We we did have him last year and. Uh, I'm a big fan of Razul and, and um, not only the way in which he practices on the field, but the way in which he deals with young players um, in the meeting room and when he's talking to them in the locker room. And a lot of times you'll see him onto the side talking to guys when somebody else is out there on the field. Um, he was really good for me, particularly you know in Vegas, and, and now that to be a part of him and what he's done with the turnaround um, for his career, you know he's he's won a Super Bowl. And he's been on the street and he's bounced from team to team. So to get up and, and talk to our team about some of those things also is really big. I think he's been through some adversity. Certainly you can see what his identity looks like now going through the adversity. So I think he's certainly the power of example for us in our room. How important is it to have starters, whether it be defensive or offensive side of the ball, to set the tone like that on special teams? You know, I, the starter thing is, is for me has always been a little bit of a pet peeve. I just think we're all looking for players. We're, we're, we're trying to put together the best roster we possibly can. And on game day, we're trying to put together the best 48 that can go out and help us win. And I think there's a part for everyone in what we're trying to do to win a game. So I don't really, I don't look at it like that with them. Um, I'd rather not put a starter that plays um, 72 plays on defense have to cover four punts. You know, so and I'd rather not put a starting defensive player that's been out there for a six play drive um, or a 12 play drive or a six minute drive and now flip around have to play on kickoff return. So I think we, we look at those things all the time, but I think there's there's places for all of our players to help us be in position to win the game, whether it's offensively, defensively, or defensively. Hey, Rich, um, you mentioned Byron and Michael bringing you back when you have your out-of-body experiences. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's your player's job and our job to adjust to you. Um, how do you think the process has gone for them, kind of understanding the way you coach, how much you care, and how much you get after their asses. Because when we talk to guys that have played for you in the past, whether it's Dallin or Alec Engel, they all swear by you. But I'm wondering if it's a process to 
understand the caring and the, the tough criticism. That yeah, I definitely think it's a process, right? It, it, um, life is a process, but I think for, for me, you know, the great John Wooden, until they know you care, they don't really care that, what you know, right? And I think I've, over my time, I've tried to adopt that. And I think that if they can understand that every word that comes out of my mouth is to honor their dreams and for what they want to do, what they want to accomplish, then I think they take more about what I'm saying sometimes than how I'm saying it. And I think that's what Byron probably and, and Mike do a good job of is going back to them and going, let, let me tell you what he's trying to say. You know, I, I'll try to do a good job of circling around, circling back all the time, but because I have those two, and I've known Mike, I recruited Mike out of high school, so I've known Mike since he's 17. And then, you know, Byron was a free agent, and By Byron got it about as bad as I've ever given it to anyone, and he becomes our starting fullback and plays on teams. And so I think having those two guys um, that have played in the system, have been around me, they, they do a good job with players, especially the, some of the younger guys. There you go. That's Rich Basaccia, the special teams coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, talking to the media. Big fan of Rasul Douglas. Uh, I get a lot of questions about Rasul. He's going to be the nickel uh, back this year. And he had a solid season for the Packers last year. I'm not a wholly sold believer. I'm becoming one. And Basaccia loves the guy. Uh, but I, he, to me, he just he still needs to give me another give me another consistent season before I become – 100% bought in on what Russell Douglas is going to bring to the table. So there you go, Rich Passaccia. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends over there at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin and beyond the borders, as we say. Uh, call them, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. That's the New Mail Medical Center, the medical experts, and they can all but guarantee that they can help you out with ED, erectile dysfunction. But you can't do anything if you don't call. Uh, and they're, 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 there's a lot of others out there that are trying to mimic and do what they do, but there's only one. And they are the originals. They're the ones that do it best. That's New Mail Medical Center. When it comes to low T treatments, they got you covered. They can help you out. If you're over the age of 30 and you're feeling tired, sluggish, moody, whatever, they got you covered there. And then there's the all-in-one weight loss program. And I have sworn by this for a long time. And back on the wagon and after uh, all that I've had done to my back and the procedures and such, it's really, really good to be feeling good again and to have started back on the program. So I really thank the New Mel Medical Center for all that they've been able to do. Again, 414-455-4451. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers and the Saints wrapped up their two days of joint practices, getting ready for tomorrow night's preseason game. It was sunny and warm and 80 degrees. Two camp fights broke out. The Saints dismissed wide receiver Jarvis Landry after he got into an altercation with Packers defensive back Eric Stokes. Was Stokes expecting it? Of course. I expect it to be even more physical because now cheat shot they were doing during practice that we have rules and stuff. Like, nah, we know the rules. Like, it is what it is. As long as it's between the white lines, we can do whatever. So I feel like it's going to be a lot more physical Friday. Saints head coach Dennis Allen. Yeah, I thought um, it's a little hotter today than it was yesterday. You know, we got a little light on the offensive line. They, they got a really good front, and so it led to some some challenges in terms of protection. But I thought our guys fought. I thought our guys battled through. That's 
look, second day, you know, everybody goes in and they get coached up a little bit. They come out with a little bit more fire the next day. You don't like seeing it, but it's part of what happens in these practices when you're going against another team. So we dealt with it. We moved on from it. And I thought we had a couple of good days of work. Packers rookie outside linebacker J.J. Enigbari is emerging as a backup candidate behind Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. I feel like I had pretty sol- two solid days. And definitely a lot of stuff I can work on, hand, hand placement, and stuff like that. Just being more aggressive on my strike. But, um... Overall, pretty good holidays. Packers head coach Matt Lofleur. Certainly, there's some things that we have to clean up from an operation standpoint, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But I thought really the guys competed hard, and I thought it was a productive practice. That's Matt Lofleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Glad you're with us today. We are broadcasting live uh, for those that are watching over on the Bud Light live stream. We're at Deluxe Golf Base. It just opened. We are in Franklin, Wisconsin. And, oh, my God, what a beautiful place. Obviously, the ski hill off into the uh, distance there. But uh, where we are perched in the third floor mezzanine area, uh, my goodness, it's it, It's a spectacular view, a great day to be uh, hitting some golf shots. Some really good food, too. I didn't even mention that, but they have great food up here. They've got burgers and uh, their uh, shareables, so to speak. They've got uh, street tacos and chicken and shrimp, short rib tacos, shrimp tempura, Boston lettuce wraps, all kinds of stuff. So if you're going to come here, they not only have, uh, you know, obviously Bud Light on tap, but they have some really good food, and uh, you got the ability for some golf. And as we've been showing you throughout the day, not only out into the, uh, in, into the driving range area, but as you look down along the, the, the stand here where the people are, uh, the bays are huge, and that's only half of the building. The other half is just as big. TV's everywhere, so if you're going to come here tomorrow night during the grand opening and the fireworks display, uh, don't worry about missing the Packer game because you're going to see that here as well. Um, some interesting news today. Don't forget that uh, you've got uh, Deshaun Watson gets an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine, uh, and this will settle all the appeals and everything. This is This is it. So this is pretty much done. Um, it was interesting. Andrew Brandt uh, earlier today said, you know, when you when you put all of this together, you know, uh, it, it's it's pretty stifling. The settlements relating to Sean Watson's behavior. There were 24 civil suits with massage therapists. 24 civil suits. There were 30 civil suits with, with massage therapists that were against the Texans organizations as well. That had to be settled. He only gets an 11-game suspension, $5 million fine by the NFL. And then the quote is, what a tangled web he wove. And already reaction is coming in that this is far too light of a penalty. But it's probably the best they could work out between the two sides. The NFL at least saves a little bit of face. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson, by the way, has not admitted to anything. He's, he's really not admitted to anything. He's going to lose $650,000 via his salary this year. That's it. And the $5 million. Uh, he has said, I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. 
And then he went on to say the reason he's apologizing is because so many people were, quote, triggered by this. It, it's You just shake your head. You really do. You really just shake your head. That's the big, big news of the day, short of the fact that the Big Ten got a $7 billion deal done with NBC, CBS, and, uh, and Fox. Oh, my goodness. When we come back, got Brian Gutekinds, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator. Oh, we got a lot more Packers coverage for you. Broadcasting live at Lux Bay Golf Suites here in Franklin. Oh, my goodness. Great place to be. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.